Iowa everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. All right, what's up, friends? Welcome to Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. A lot going on in the world of sports. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by John Miller. Here you are downloading and listening to this on Thursday, the 1st of December. And we thank our friends at Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Hey, they were, uh, we were talking to some of them about going out to the um, steakhouse out there. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff around the holidays. So consider that. They're phenomenal people out there at Prairie Meadows. Shout out to Cindy, who we work with. And we appreciate their sponsorship of Miller and Williams. Championship Saturday slash Friday coming up in college football. More importantly, the World Cup. Miller, you live in the <laughs> soccer capital of the United States. Of it, absolutely. It's palpable here. I'm looking out uh, my window at a 100-acre uh, uh, cut soybean field, and I swear I see little kids out there kicking soccer balls. Uh yeah, it's a big deal here. Uh, little Gracie was down at uh, the Kansas City Power and Light District last Saturday oh, she, with some college friends. Yeah, she was there the day that uh, nobody scored an effing goal, which is I just can't hardly take soccer. Um, but yeah, she was there. Nice juice down there. No goal. But yeah, man, I mean, it's a the, the number of soccer fields here and soccer complexes for youth soccer. There's nothing like it in America. Um, it, it's insane. I think um, USA Soccer has a practice facility here, the Sporting KC. I live 15 minutes from Sporting KC Stadium. Haven't been yet. Want to go, actually. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, this is, you know, for, for Kansas City, the size of market it is to be one of the World Cup uh, sites in 2026, it tells you all you need to know. So I think that soccer is fascinating. I'm almost done. I've been reading a book. It's called The Club. Uh, it's about the creation and – growth of the English Premier League. Oh, my and gosh. It's basically like it's about how the Premier League, you know, it started with humble beginnings, and then it turned into more of like a media company mm-hmm. where, like, the, the whole point of it is to sell television rights, right? And and now here we are, like, with college football. So there's a ton of, there's a ton of crossover between it. But I got a question – yeah, Go ahead. yeah. You, no, you no, one of the things that stood out to me was just about how Americans, like we, most of us don't really like soccer, but we like the idea of liking soccer. We like the British accents. Good. We like the kits. You know, we, it makes us feel sophisticated when we can talk about, oh, I'm a, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. You know, I just, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a quick question and I'll get on to some of those things. What do you do for fun? You're reading an English Premier League book. Yeah. I would say I, I would gouge my flipping eyes out. My wife, as you see, incredibly well read, the most well read person I've ever known in my life, and I know college professors. Um, but she's asked me to read numerous books, and I've tried. I just can't really get into um, nonfiction. I am reading a nonfiction book right now. Only it's called thing How to I Change- read. 
It's called How to Change Your Mind. Highly recommend that book. Phenomenal book. It's also a, a show on Netflix. But yeah, dude, to the thought of reading a book on English Premier League soccer, and this is not, I'm not trying to offend you. I just like, is Chris Williams maybe the most boring person I know? Maybe, but the, the reason I bought it is because Greg Sankey has been quoted saying that like when he got the SEC job, this book inspired him to transform the league. Gotcha. So this is this is like show prep. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. It's work. It's work. Yeah. Maybe I, I need to read some novels because all I do when I read is show prep, apparently, because that's the stuff I read about. Yeah. What, how do you escape life? Well, probably should do more of that, sir. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, you got to have an escape outlet. I got a few suggestions for you. All right. So we'll talk about that. Go out to Joshua Tree and just eat gummies. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a good start. <laughs> My wife and I uh, actually just booked another trip out there in late February. We've always wow. wanted to. We've always wanted to see the Eagles um, through our entire marriage. Like, like the in birds? No, the the band. Oh. Um, in ninety eight, we ninety eight we got married. Did the Eagles gravitate to Joshua Tree? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 98, we got married. The Eagles were still kind of on there. I don't know if it was Hell Freezes Over Tour. That might have been a little four or five years after that. We would always oh, go to the Eagles. We just never could. We couldn't afford it. We had kids, all these things. Well, now we can afford it. Now that we got things for the kids. So we're going to go see them in Palm Springs, the Coachella Valley, literally 15, 20 miles away from the spot that the Eagles just prior to the release of their debut album, they drove out in the desert together. They took a bunch of peyote buttons. They lit a fire. They sat underneath the desert sky. They had a photographer with them that snapped a shot right at dusk off towards the west of the light blue sky. And that is the cover of their first album. And that is the place where they came up with the name for their band while they were just laying there high, looking up at the sky and they saw an Eagle. And that's how they came up with their band. So really? for us, I love I love circular narratives. The circular narrative writing device is one of my favorite storytelling devices, uh, ending where you begin. Mm. And we feel that this is a kind of a, a circuitous thing for us and the Eagles and our the you know I was born in seventy one. My wife was born in seventy five. Um, we are children of the seventies, and the Eagles were literally the soundtrack to our childhoods with our parents playing them all the time. So this is going to be a quasi spiritual experience for us. Fifth row, floor seats, win out. We're doing it. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I'm pumped. Good for you. Very cool. So you gotta you gotta cut loose, Chris. You know you gotta unwind. I mean, I do. I, I go to races. I I mean, I I don't really anymore. Honestly, John, my life is being a dad. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. That's all I do. I've been there. Read an article today. I saw it on Drudge Report. Clicked on it. Drudge Report? That's where I go every day. Headlines. And so I'm just looking for headlines. You're just looking Um, to troll the right? No, I'm not looking to troll anybody, dude. I'm not like some, you know, sitting in my basement. What am I going to do to piss off the, the righties? But I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm left of center socially, but I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself as some flaming, you know, liberal. Not that there's anything wrong with that, frankly. I'm like progressive, sure. Um, But it said old people, older people have less stress. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. Because, you know, you you know, you don't have kids and we love the kids, but damn, man, Uh, it's it's be stressful. All right. Sorry. I totally drove that car. I was. I've. It's just funny because I'm sitting here. This this redneck from rural Iowa, 
and I'm like locked into the World Cup, man. Like I just love it. Like it, it makes you know, me feel. It makes me feel like I'm not a redneck from rural Iowa. Right. 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 The truth it's like of the when matter. When I watch Formula One, it's the same way. Yeah. Truth of the matter is, you can take the kid out of redneck Iowa, but you can't take redneck Iowa out of the kid. Same with me. I mean, still hayseed enough to say, look who's in the big town, as John Mellencamp once sang. Soccer, I tuned into the uh, the game against uh, Iran, and I don't want to end up on some kind of list. Read that today on Drudge, too. Um, and oh, the, the, the Iranians are seeking out dissidents uh, globally to kill them, hiring like local drug dealers and things like that to go you know, kill for hire people that are, had escaped Iran. And now we're speaking out against Iran. Got it. Yeah. Is it Iran? I I don't want to get in trouble. Anyway, I watched that game. It was interesting. I mean, I was, you know, pulling for the old USA. Uh, Pulisic is the only name that I know. He and Alexi Lawless. Those are the two. And Donovan, right? Donovan once upon a time. Donovan. Yeah. Landon. 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 Sam Howard. The the women's soccer team actually is, is, um, I find that probably more enjoyable to watch. Maybe because they're better. But to me, it's like. It's so damn frustrating. And I saw some tweets in my timeline last week. It's like, hey, America, welcome to feeling what being an Iowa football fan is like. And it's kind of, you know, it's, but it's even more frustrating. It's why hockey has been frustrating for me to get into uh, in my life. And I'm really not because there's, you know, you, you run down, you make a rush towards the net and it's just somebody pokes it away. Soccer. Oh my gosh. I respect the hell out of these athletes. The, the the things they can do with their feet and the ball blow my mind. But damn, is it frustrating and I think sometimes pretty boring. Now, World Cup's just different because every single touch is is important. The world that that is, but you won't me you won't find me tuning into a random Premier League game just because I'm interested in soccer ever. Well, I did once because a friend of mine in Chicago is from England, and he's a fan, so I adopted them the first week of the season, but I haven't tuned in since. Um, I find myself to view these World Cup games. So I, I kind of got into Premier League a little bit during the pandemic just because I could bet on it. and Fucking degenerate. Well, I got really – I got into it, and – but I, I wasn't like hanging on every kick. The World Cup's different because it's like do or die. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm watching this game like it's game seven of the World Series. Because it kind of is. Kind of is. And you're just hanging on every, like, oh, you know, like, oh, he cleared it. Oh, he's going to the corner. Like, and it, it just. Oh, it went out of bounds. Oh, there's another guy that fell down because I had an amazing. Got a hangnail. I had an amazing experience in Portland last Saturday. Um, there's a lot of questions there because there's a lot of ways to have an amazing experience so in Portland from what I hear. There were some Iowa State fans gathering to watch the football game mm-hmm. at this local sports bar. Right. And we got there before the game, and there was an Argentinian – is that right? I was just really raised my eyebrows because I was impressed with your uh, yeah. proper usage of the nomenclature. They were there was a local Argentinian game watch during the Argentina game, and watching these folks, you know, because that's the sport. Like oh yes, yeah. that would be like if we had a World Foot- Cup of football and like yeah. you got freaking Patrick Mahomes out there like that. Football, what, football is life. And watching these people, 
was like a, it was a good cultural thing for me to see this. And I actually went up and talked to a couple of them. I said, Hey, are you, I was trying to be kind of it. Cause I'm, I'm always trying to learn. I'm like, are you, that's from your rural Iowa. That's your, that's your rural yeah. Iowa showing. I asked, are you from Argentina? And yeah, they are. And like they, they, you know, they just, they have some like social media where they get all the Argentinian folks from Portland and they go to this one bar and they, they watch all the world cup games. And it was, they, you know, they're having their flags and all kinds yeah. of stuff. It was awesome. It was really cool. So, so do you, um, do you just go up and randomly talk to people generally in your life? Depends. You do, don't you? Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Listen, probably. listen, we're Iowans. I do the same thing. Yeah. What's so funny and on point is like uh, I was for some reason last night I was on Google Maps. I was maybe going to send something to my parents. I needed their address and I couldn't find it. So I, I, I zoomed in onto their house on Google Maps. And then I just clicked the street view to see if I could see the the number on the mailbox there, okay. you know, on Adams Street in Washington, Iowa. And lo and behold, the street view photo for my parents' house. My dad is out on the street talking to a neighbor, <laughs> gesturing with his hands. And that's that's, that's, amazing. that's that's the shot when the Google guy was driving by. And I, I, I tweeted it out. I said, folks, this is not a happenstance. I think my dad's out there all the time waiting for people to walk by just to talk to them and talk politics with them. I guarantee he I guarantee politics were coming out of his mouth at that point in time. But yes, we, dad has never, ever met a stranger. So I, it's, I think it's just rural. I think it's just a rural thing. I love this walk that we're getting through. Yeah, if you're watching on this, if you're watching on YouTube, I, man, I've, I've been having internet problems and it seems to have solidified now. So I can go to my, I can go back to my desk and not sit on my easy chair. I thought you were maybe getting up to go to the restroom and we were going to need to take it. Well, I, I was going to need to see dog back on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I put Beth and those, uh, those, those large uh, assets on there too, just trying to get hassle frazzled if you watched two guys named Chris earlier this week. Okay, so World Cup, uh, we all hate the Dutch. Uh, we all joined together in hating the Dutch here uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, you had another tweet before we get into some like transfer portal stuff. Uh, and you put out a tweet this week that I was just like, oh my God, Miller is my spirit animal. Mm -hmm. About how your obsession with Ken Palm, because I'm the same way. I find myself anytime, because I log into Ken Palm every day to see where Iowa State is like moved up and down and how all the other games affected it and whatnot. And I, if I'm, if I can get out of there in 30 minutes, I consider it a win. Like the, it's such an I don't even know how I followed and watched college basketball before KenPom.com. You know, I, I am not strong in math, and yet I am fascinated and have always been fascinated by statistics. Maybe it came from being a kid growing up in Eastern Iowa. The Royals are my favorite team. You know, we took the Iowa City Press Citizen, I believe it was an afternoon newspaper, and I'd get it and I would just pour over box scores. I'd recreate games in my mind just by looking at the box score. So I love sports statistics. There's nothing better than, you know, Ken Palm or sports-reference.com. Those places are just amazing opportunities to go in and look. And the other day I was going along, I'm like, man, I wonder what Iowa was ranked last week in Ken Palm. I think I remember, but I just want to go check. 
And lo and behold, somehow, I don't know that I could find my way back there, but somehow I found the archive, the day-to-day archive that you can go back on a specific day and see what those team statistics were for that specific day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just another layer of the onion that I'm going to continue to peel back. It is, I've been a subscriber to that site, I bet seven, eight years. And like I said in the tweet, every time I go there, I find something new and I don't, it's not a fad. It is, you know, you know, I've got a a friend of mine who has a a gambling system Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is based on the number of predictive possessions and those type of pace of play possession analytics numbers are, are, are important. It's what college coaching staffs do as part of their, their, their scouting report evaluations of upcoming opponents. They look at the numbers that Ken Palm is basically popularized. The guy is a cottage industry unto himself. I don't know. What does it cost per year? Like 19, 20 bucks, something like that. It's like $20 a year. Yeah. I, I bet he has over a hundred thousand subscribers. I, I I think that he does. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is confirmation bias thinking that other people are like me. We all do that. We all think everybody thinks the same way we do, which is one of our big freaking problems in this country. I'm pretty sure he does work for teams, too. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah, he yeah. Put, just puts – I mean, all he does at this point in time since he's written the code, he just pushes the button and out it spits all the – I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Love entrepreneurs like that, and uh, it's such a fun tool. Yeah, I, it's it's borderline obsession with me, and like I, I found myself. So I did the broadcast for Iowa State last week in Portland, and it, like when I'm prepping for games, I spend more time on there than I do anything. Like I, I find myself like, oh well, they're six in offensive rebounding percentage on Ken Palm, and I have no idea if the audience likes that, but that's the route. Like I kind of take my prep to it, you know. What part? What part of the broadcast did you do? Play by play. On TV. No, on radio. On radio? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It's a blast. I love that. How many times have you done that? You've done it before, right? Yeah, I've done it a lot. I mean, for the men, I I generally do every Thanksgiving tournament every year. So when John when John's at, when uh, John's at football, you're covering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iowa had a guy like that through the years. Except you're just a lot better. Than oh, him. have you even heard me? Or are you just being nice? Maybe you um, I I want to say that I tuned in one time because I saw you were doing it and I've forgotten about it, but that may just be me covering my ass to not know that my really good friend is doing <laughs> play-by-play for Iowa State, which I, is I, a freaking which is freaking amazing. I will say that um, calling that North Carolina game the other night was one of the coolest life highlights. Games. Yeah, because. A lot of reasons. I mean, it's there's only three times that's ever happened in Iowa State history. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm gl- hopefully you sat back and you soaked that in because I, I will. Uh, I and then you just added the fact that a you know a close friend is the coach and like it. There's all these like tie-ins that just was really special. Did Paul you cry? Or, I didn't cry, but it was kind of like I, I'll tell you what almost made me cry. So. This is some good, and he won't care if I share this, but Caleb Grill, the young man, has 31 points in that game, okay? Right. He went off. And he had been leading up to that game, not shooting very well, but he's an ace defender, and he's a huge leader on the team, so he plays a lot. He's a very important member of 
like the culture and all that stuff. Night before they had beaten Villanova in overtime, Caleb was like one for five. He hit a big three in overtime, like whatever. And I know for a fact, because I was talking to him, but after the game, he was pretty discouraged because he pulled up his Twitter and just people were being jackasses. Mm. Pretty discouraged. And um, people can just be dicks, man. Like, I... You know, you're if you tweet on... anything negative at a college student athlete yeah, for it... their performance on the field or court, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to put an E on this. You're a fuckstick. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, he was super happy about the win, obviously, but I think some stuff got to him that man, he just wished didn't wouldn't have. Right, right, right. And so I've known Caleb since he he's a Kansas boy. I've known him since he was like a sophomore in high school. Otz was recruiting him at South Dakota State, like. A lot of then, then he came to Iowa State with Prom, and there was all this really, really nice kid, nice family. And Caleb convinced him to delete Twitter that night. He does, and then he goes off and has 31 and hits eight threes <laughs> or whatever. The next, and it was just like I was so happy for him for sure, yeah, you know, like his he's such a great kid and. Like any of us, you can have a hundred people tell you, Hey, great job, John. I really enjoy the podcast. And then like one person tells you how big of a piece of shit you are. Now, when you think when you're younger, I think you're kind of past the point of caring, but that, I, I, I was going to go there. I, I, I still take it to heart. Like when I shouldn't think that I'd have thicker skin by now. And I have much thicker skin than I did back then. But like, God, like, I was just really, really happy for him. I was proud of Otz because he's become this, like, really good coach. I think he's a top 20 coach in college basketball, watching the way that the players respond to him and, like, what he's done. I really do. I know I'm biased. But then, like, you think of all the, like, shitty moments of where you take hell from – because fans will often take, their frustration out on guys like us. We've talked about this before where you just don't even want to do this anymore. You know, where you're just like, this sucks. What am I doing? I'm going to go sell energy, sell propane. Oh, you want to do that too? It's a good path. (laughs) Um, But then you're like, oh man, it's kind of all worth it when you sit here and you have a moment like this where you just, and I, it was really, really, really cool to 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 call that game. That was one of the highlights of my life. That's, that's great. I'm glad that you're, recounting it and soaking it in because those mountaintop moments are few and far between. And yeah, as far as, you know, because people can say, I don't care what people say about me. And it's taken, it took me a long time to get to that point, but here's, I'm going to let you in on something because probably nobody's listening. Um, So it's just you and me. I sometimes will go, I sometimes will go to Cyclone Fanatic maybe once a week and I will search my name. Is this like the $5 fee you pay on Twitter to see who is unfollowing you and then you can block them? It, it's it's in the same vein. <laughs> it's in the same vein. I go there just to see if there's hate rolling. And when I encounter it, which is rare these days, I will admit. Yeah, we love um, it. I, I'm not encountering it enough. But when I encounter it in the old days, I'd fire back. I'd get all pissed. Now, it just fills me with this weird inexplainable happiness mm. joy i'm not trying to piss people off i think you would have uh, you know you would vouch for me i'm not out trolling anymore no, used no. to 
but it's still it it just it just feels this it feels the dark side into me. It, it reaches into the Sith and taps into it, and it just gives me a sense of completion. And I don't know what that is. I probably should see a therapist about it. So I don't search my name out uh, out of well, probably there's some narcissism there, but I I just like enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy the grist. And you're right. If people are saying, "Hey, this Miller guy's a good dude," I appreciate that. But that doesn't that doesn't hit me in the feels the way that the darkness does. And I soak it in because I really, when I say I don't care, I clearly care enough to search, but I don't care to the point. It doesn't bug me one bit. And that's the bigger thing. I think you always care. Like I care about my hair, which is going, I'm going to get a haircut now, which I'm is a joke. I'm losing mine too, buddy. I, Look at that. I saw, I, I saw that. I'm, I'm thinking about Bosley. I'm thinking about going in and making an appointment and seeing what all that entails. Um, because I'm so vain Not with me. my I'm hair. Sh- I'm going to shave mine. Once I know. I wish that I could. Once I, but once it's over, it's over for me. That's I know. Once I do it, but look, I'm I'm going to get like really real here. Look at that. See, I, I don't mean, have. I mean. It's, yeah, you're there. You're you're there. You're coming. It's, it's thinning. I'm not. It's yeah, the baboon it's, ass. Yeah. Well. So, so maybe I'm beyond help. Maybe I shouldn't care. I do care, but uh, I'm not ready to go. Uh, you know, I need to stop doing yet. this cancer thing that I do. I thought about you. that. You should still continue to do the cancer thing, but maybe uh, shave one of your kids' heads instead. You know what I need to do? I'll get an Iowa State player, and we'll do an NIL thing. There you go, perfect. And and they can, and then it'll be better for everybody because then they get to take pictures. Because frankly, I've done this for like eleven years now. Like it's not special anymore. No. Oh, Chris is going to shave his head again. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We can we can find another way to raise money. Okay. All right. Listen, so I, did... I, I might I, I might pay you to grow a, a, a ponytail. That would be a better charity thing, like a two-year, you know, save the tail, save the tail, save the tail. Now you're speaking my language. Here we go. I would totally grow a rat tail. What? What's the price on this? I don't know. We should let the listeners decide. See, thousand bucks. I start it for a thousand bucks. Two years. If you don't, if you don't cut the back of your hair. For two years from this day, I will send one thousand dollars to a charity of a your thousand dollars. Come $1, on, thousand dollars, thousand dollars. Two years, two years. A thousand dollars is nothing. Oh, I thought you were saying it was generous. No, I mean, listen, we've raised I bet, like I bet, we've raised like over a hundred thousand for St. Baldrick's over the years. Okay, I'm that over ten years, right? Yeah. Okay. A, th- a thousand bucks is ten percent of an annual d- donation. <laughs> Listen, at Chris, those of you listening to this, go on Twitter. I am John D. Miller, J O N, and he's Chris M. Williams. At a, both of us in a message and say if you think a thousand dollar Kickstarter is a decent way to start and what you would match. Here Does we go. it have to be a rat tail? Like what? How ponytail. You- ponytail. You will not cut party in the, the back. back. The back of your hair, straight party. And I'm talking bachelor ass party in Vegas. There's no trim. There's. I'll you know let you how get hard in. it is, John. Like I get in a lot of doors because That's of my looks. What? Okay. Oh yeah. Well, you're gonna have to learn how to pick the locks, son. son. Thousand bucks. 
Son is such a pejorative in the wrong circles. But I like saying it. Oh, I. So I do this stupid thing when I, go and listen to me calling the North Carolina game. You can listen on the Varsity if, Network I will. app. I actually I will love do to, that. I would love to get your feedback because I, I just I know these guys so well that like I'm so informal with it that it probably. I would guess that like 70% of the people are like, oh, God, this guy's annoying. And then 30% of the people are like, oh, he's just like me. Because you said the sun thing. And like Caleb hit a shot the other night. And I'm like, yes, young man. There's <laughs> nothing like, wrong with that. I mean, listen, listen. And I, what I'm about to say is not negative. I am not saying these being this being critical. John and Eric are two... I've, I listen to a lot of radio calls every year. I get on my TuneIn app. I, I do. That's I great. love listening to sports. Yeah. John and Eric are in the Homer tier of broadcasters. Most are, okay? Yeah, yeah. Most, most state-sponsored broadcasters Absolutely. are homers. And that's what you expect when you tune into it. Of course. Yeah. John and Eric, I would put even higher in the tier, all right? But that's great. I mean, Eric played there. He played two sports. I mean, he broadcast two sports. John's been almost a lifer, you know, the second half of his life and kids and family. He works. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I will add this, though. I was thinking about this the other day. Kirk Ferentz, we're closer to the end of the Kirk Ferentz era than the beginning. I think he's got a year or two left tops. I'm actually looking forward to the day when Iowa's football coach is somebody that I do not know at all. Yeah. And I have no personal history with I whatsoever. Agree. I've never met Fran McCaffrey. Never met him. I've interviewed him on my ra- old radio show a few times, but I've never met him. I've never spoken to any of the players on the Iowa basketball team or the Iowa football team. Never met him, never spoken to him. And I like that mm-hmm. because it just lets me be unfettered. Well, I feel you. Like, I know Campbell pretty well, um, but I don't – he if – you, if, if you went off on Campbell on this podcast, he would take it personally. Probably. That's the thing I don't I, want. Yeah, but Matt, like, here's – this is the point I was getting ready to make, is it used to be a lot closer, and then the pandemic hit, and he's kind of got a Ference thing going on now where the doors were – that were once open are now closed. So it's much less of a deal to me than it would have been like two years ago, even. Right. In fact, there was one time Matt used to listen to my radio show all the time. He would have it on in the, they would have it on in the deal. Whoa. Yeah. And Matt texted me one time after a loss or he called me or whatever. He was like, man, you were way too easy on us. (laughs) So he's kind of the type where like, I don't know. I, it, it's but, it's less of a deal to me than it would have been three four years ago. I would say, but I, I, the dynamics I wouldn't like, have changed. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. One time in my old John Miller show days, um, I had you know the late um, Wolfgang uh, on with a segment, and after the segment was over, I got an email from somebody. It says, "Hey, love Wolfgang. You never know who's listening in," and it was from Brian Ferentz, who was probably out in the hallway working yeah. his, you know, coffee-fetching job with Bill Belichick at the time. And that always kind of stuck with me. And it actually slowed my roll a little bit. I'm like, man, there's these guys over there listening to this. Part of my income is still, you know, having access, breaking news, it's, blah, it's blah, a blah. It's tightrope. 
No doubt. I don't. I did. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And then in 2014, when I was basically, you know, kind of being, an, you know, I'd moved away, wanted to still prove that I could bring the heat and not just, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I probably went too far the other way. I was unfair in my criticism. The criticism, the core of the criticism, I don't think was unfair. But how I delivered it was. And it's like, I bet those people, you know, Brian, Kirk, some other guys in there, they probably think that I'm like some kind of a traitor, that I'm like this disingenuous my, ass. My whole thing is there's there's two things for me. One, always never make it personal. Two, be fair. And when I say fair, like any critique you would make on the air, like would you say it to the guy's face? Right. Is what I yeah. try and, and I, right. I always try and do that. And then three, you probably don't remember this to me, but you gave me a really nice piece of advice when I was a really young sports writer. And I think it was at the end of the Dan McCarney era um, when we all knew he was getting fired. And you told me when you were, we were both at scout at the time and you told me to go into the press conference and always remember that you will be here in three years. They will not to conduct yourself like, and that that's kind of how I am. It's like, my, my, to me, my number one allegiance is to my listeners and to our readers and subscribers and stuff because, you know, these coaches, man, they come and go, you just never know. Like, we're actually very fortunate here in Iowa. I mean, it's especially your institution. God, like McCaffrey, Bluter, and Ferentz. I mean, you've been, they've all been there forever. Right. They have. I mean, and, and you know, it's. We got Finley yeah. and Campbell's like the second most tenured coach, but he's on like year seven. Like that's nothing compared to the other side of the state. Right. Yeah. So you got to kind of be careful if that's the walk you want to choose. You know, you know where that piece of advice I gave you came from? I shared that story a couple of months ago. It's what I told Steve Alford to his face when he was trying to strong arm me. I said, I'm going to be here doing what I do long after you're gone. Mm-hmm. And that's it's words to live by, son. Well, and that's what you just got to, it's hard. I actually, um, I was very frustrated after the call-in show on Saturday night and my internet's getting janky again. So I'm going to move back, but I was, I was pretty frustrated because it's like, I've done bad call-in shows, man. Like I've done, they lose 70 to seven to Baylor. I've done. And for some reason, the one the other night when they just got killed by TCU was brutal and it's, it's an impossible situation. Because all the fans wanted to talk to me about was which coaches are going to get fired and when. I'm on the Cyclone freaking radio network. I can't talk about that. And I don't know. Right? Like, I, I don't know. And if even if I did, like, I can't say right. it on this particular right. deal. Platform, yeah. And I, I went in and was talking to a friend um, who's on the basketball staff. And I was just like, I can't win, guys. Like, it's impossible. Because either the fans call you a hack and you're in the bag and all this stuff. Or then all the people that you have to work with behind the scenes to get good stuff for the fans hate you. Like it is impossible. You why are you still work. doing that? Why, why are you still doing it? This feels like, this feels like a private conversation that we're making publicly. I wouldn't, I did sound off for a number of years and that was on WHO. It was after the game. It was not affiliated with the Iowa football program or the university of Iowa. And I grew to hate doing that. I grew to absolutely hate doing sound off, doing hate calling shows. I, I don't know that I would, I would never, I mean, I should say, I mean, if my life depended on my ability to provide for my family, depended on me doing a show like that, I would do it, whatever it took. But if it, since my life doesn't, I would not do that. And I can't imagine being handcuffed the way that you're handcuffed on 
a, a cyclone produced pro, uh, show. That would that would that mm. sounds like torture to me. Torture because you can't you you. Hey, Jim, what's going on? Uh, good points there. Yeah, you, you know, you, you can't even be you. You can't even really express what you're really feeling. I will give them. Guess. I've never had a person at the network tell me like, "Oh, you crossed a line, or you went overboard." Probably or because subconsciously you're not going to cross that line. You're not going to approach it. They're Listen, they're pretty. I'm good. not ripping on you. No, I I'm know. just saying it's an I'm untenable just, situation. I enjoy being with like John and Eric and those guys. Like, it's sure. It's, I can see that. Yeah, I can see it's that. it's a. We have a good boss. And, you know, and like, I, I enjoy it for the most part. And I will say this, like, as frustrated as I was on Saturday, do you want to know why I still do it? Because we did it during so many awful years mm-hmm. where it was not fun at all. And now it's kind of fun. Like, me and Whitford work really well together. And, like, it's, um, I don't know. Right. We'll see. I, I'm, right. I'm surprised that these networks still have those shows. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I, well, you shouldn't be. They're making money from it. There's just it's basically advertising avails. But yeah, I mean, you know, I guess Kirk Ferentz and and Fran McCaffrey and them still have like a weekly show that they do. Yeah. Um, which I, I haven't tuned into one of those in five or six years. And even five or six years ago, I would only tune in when things were going on where there was like you know meaningful news that could get broken. Otherwise. I mean, back in the back in the mid '90s when I moved to Kansas City, um, me and some friends would get together at one of my friends' apartment on the internet and listen to the Hayden Fry call-in show no on doubt. the internet, and we'd yeah. sit there be drinking some beers and loving life, et cetera, et cetera. So, anyhow, yeah, those shows used to be like that was the way to get your information, right? right. But now we can all, you know. You can stream. You can. You're, you're. It's just. It's just readily available content every day. All right. Um. I gotta get to work. This was good stuff. Let's do one next week, John, on like transfer portal and all that stuff. Is that good for you? That sounds good for me, buddy. I got a lot of moving parts with Iowa State to deal with today, and whatever we do on that is probably gonna be dated. So. Yep. We'll, that we'll sounds good. On. I'm gonna get my hair cut. All right. Well, don't go too far. We don't need you I to can't go too, go too far because there's no way back. <laughs> He's John Miller. I'm Chris Williams. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Iowa everywhere.